Welcome to Basketball Party, episode 31. I'm Aaron M. Routson in Los Angeles, California. And with me, Kim Houston from Louisville, Kentucky. Woo! So, apologies for last week. I kind of went MIA while I was in Cleveland. So that was my bad. Yeah, you know, a little rest on the bench for the holidays. Yeah, a little holiday rest on the bench. I was very busy eating pierogies and staring at Lake Erie, so I was doing, <laughs> I was doing cool stuff. It's fine. Um, really stoked about those pierogies. They're from St. Vladimir in Parma, and, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's like, you know those pierogies are being made by, like, tiny grandmas in a basement at a church. So that those are for real. They were great. Yeah, um, I... I, I uh... Any kind of pierogi situation, mm-hmm. uh, I'm on board for. Uh, similarly, uh, punchkis. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to my friends Matt and Marie for providing me with those. Me and my friend Andy with those uh, pierogies. That was great. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Wait, wait. punchki season is coming up, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Fat Tuesday. Every time I think about Punchkis, I also think about Rahm Emanuel. So that's <laughs> like a weird, weird tie-in in in my brain. Yeah. But I just think of that photo of him with the Punchkis. That's all I think of. Yeah, um, I think he's one of the more, uh, famous people that I've seen photographed with Punchkis. Although, if someone has a, a better photo... Of a political or non-political celebrity with a poonchki. Let me know. <laughs> Send them to Kim. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ron Emanuel's in trouble right now, though, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. But still loves, I'm sure he still loves poonchkis, though. Nobody yeah. could take that away from him. I'd love to talk to the person who doesn't like poonchkis. I, I, I don't know if I would recommend them talking to you. I feel like you might get argumentative. <laughs> I mean, how are you going to be mad about a delicious donut? Yeah, I don't know. People like different things. Um, so anyway, basketball. Yeah. <laughs> that aside, send us, if anyone can send us a photo of any NBA player with a poonchki, that would be, that'd be great. That'd yeah. That'd be great. Um, Delonte West with donuts doesn't count. No. Um, that's not, not part of the deal. Uh Speaking of Delonte West, what is up with him and LeBron? He is so mad at LeBron. I mean... Who, happy uh, birthday, LeBron. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. 31. 31. Woo, happy birthday. Yeah, Delonte West, not happy with, with LeBron. I don't get it. Uh, I mean... He's going after him on social media, and it just seems... And I have defended Delonte West longer than most other people. But it's just... Like, what's the point? What are you doing, dude? There is no point to it. I mean, not that I can tell, really. I just want to know what... I'm still trying to figure out what LeBron did that made Delonte West so mad. Is it that they brought Mo Williams back, but not him? I mean, I think that could be a theory. <laughs> Uh-oh. Join me in the conspiracy corner. I, just, I, I don't I, understand I, I, where this came from. It was like, I, because he's back on Twitter again, which mm-hmm. I, I feel is ill-advised, but whatever. We'll get to other people's social media <laughs> nonsense in a second. But I just don't get like what 
the point of this is or like what he's so mad about. And then somebody sent, I believe it was esteemed friend of the pod, uh, Joseph Hughes sent us that screen screen grab of him posting on Instagram. Yeah. And I was just like, you are bringing up a very old story that didn't benefit you at all to yeah. try and go after LeBron. It's just like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. I don't know. I'm not into it. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where uh, someone out of the limelight trying to get back in. I, I think it's ill-advised, especially with all of his known problems. If he really wants to try to get back on the court someday, even overseas, mm -hmm. you know, he's not really helping his case any. Yeah, yeah. I just... Seeing that stuff, I'm like, has Delonte West finally jumped the shark for me? Like, you know, many, five years, five to six years later than everyone else, mm -hmm. I finally, I'm just like, I can't with this. What are you doing? So I don't know. I just, I, it just seems, I'm sure there's, it's rooted in something, but I have a feeling that something is very petty. Oh, for sure. Or it's just... From how it looks to me, it's completely a, a one-sided fight. Yeah. What? What? LeBron, I'm sure LeBron couldn't care less. LeBron has other stuff to worry about, like his free throw percentage. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, the New Year's resolution that uh, was written up on NBA.com where they, they really wanted him to stop managing the locker room and to get out there and have fun again. Uh, yeah, I also saw there were a lot of resolutions floating around. Ball Don't Lie published their own, and theirs were for LeBron to, to LeBron to get his shot back. <laughs> so, which I I agree with. Mm -hmm. But speaking of uh, people going off on social media, Matt Barnes mm -hmm. bringing it to Instagram, bringing it. Okay, so explain the situation, and then I have a bit of a tangent about that. Okay, so Matt Barnes had a rough had a rough 2015. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yes. Um, I don't know if you're aware of all of the things that went on. But... Did Matt Barnes list them out for oh, us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. There. Don't <laughs> worry. Matt Barnes has you covered. He doesn't want you to wonder why he had a bad year. He is about that, to tell you. <laughs> That's that's what everyone needs is an explainer Instagram post. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you. I'm going to we're going to go through these quickly. Okay. Top line. Lost the love of his life, the mother of his kids, you know, his own family. So mm -hmm. so each one of these I'm going to tell you. Each one of these is written out and then there's like a a quote afterwards and it's and it's an explainer where it says they call that blank. Okay. So let's see. Yeah. Lost the woman I love, the mother of my kids, my dog. I had to walk away. Dog is spelled with two G's and capitalized, so I believe that's a loyalty term as opposed to, like, a pet. Okay. Uh, I had to walk away from the only thing I've wanted, my own family. They call that karma. To being traded away from a team and city I love, they call that the business. Lied on by a pop star who's lucky I stuck to the script and didn't expose her lying ass. Funny thing about texts and pics is that they don't lie. 
I guess they call that getting played. That's about Rihanna, just in mm-hmm. case you were wondering. Yeah. Last but not least, being stuck in the triangle offense with my ex and snitch. I mean, my former teammate and friend who went behind my back, messed with my ex, got caught, got dealt with for being a snake, then ran and told the police and NBA instead of taking that ass whooping like a man and kept it moving. Where they do that at? Guess I didn't snitch. I get a two-game suspension by the league. They call that life. When it rained, it poured in 15. So blah, blah, blah. And then it goes on. It, it continues for like another 250 words. So uh, it, it circles around to being positive. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know, good. He, yeah, you know, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. So mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, so basically outlining, you know, breaking up with his wife, getting traded, something going down with Rihanna, mm-hmm. and then the whole Derek Fisher situation. So, yeah. Yeah, take it, to, take it to the gram. That's where all of, you know, when you have, a, when you have some grievances you got to air, <laughs> nothing's better than that caption this thing on Instagram. Oh, yeah, and the post, just so you know, was, mm-hmm. a, was an image that says success, and that all of this is very badly laid out. I want you to know mm-hmm. that. <laughs> success is what happens when you survive all of your mistakes. Mm. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that people use Instagram differently than I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, because obviously that's not meant for Twitter. No. No, Too no, long. no, no, no. No, yeah. When you, because a Twitter rant, that's Kanye West's territory. Yeah. He has the market cornered, so you can't have that. Yeah, no. Nobody's reading Matt Barnes' Twitter that much where they want to read that. And then, okay, so would it, I mean, he should have taken it to the Players' Tribune, then he could have really gone <laughs> for him. Uh, I imagine, isn't Derek Fisher like a, a deputy editor or something? I imagine there would be a kill fee on that, on that one. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be at least a bit more interesting. I think those grievances were too private and personal to take to the Players' Tribune. Uh, maybe if they'd been written in the form of a poem, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know because, you know, they had that piece where Blake Griffin and others shared what it was like working with Donald Sterling and their feelings on it. So, I mean, this guy... Basically, Players' Tribune is sports media live journal. Yeah, but I think I, I, I see your point, but because it's about Derek Fisher, who's still like mm-hmm. a respectable, like Donald Sterling, everyone hates him. So, yeah, yeah. of course, Pu- Players' Tribune was like, yeah. But for this, you know, Derek Fisher, like I said, he's probably a deputy editor. He's probably really you know, taking a lot of pitches from a lot of different people and making decisions <laughs> about what to run. And mm-hmm. so I, th- I imagine that because this is intra-NBA drama, Players' Tribune was like, nope. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that he pitched it to Players' Tribune, which, of course, we've entirely fabricated. That I aside, mean, I, 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 hope they, I hope he did. That aside, I feel like Instagram has changed... Or, or rather, people, to your point, people use Instagram in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use Facebook. So I get my news through Instagram. And I jokingly call it and Twitter the news sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
I think that Matt Barnes, he, he can't take this to Twitter. This is not, this mm-hmm. rant is not suited for Twitter. Facebook, no one cares. Yeah. But Instagram, that's the, that's the place right now. So I think that given that the caption box has a fairly unlimited character count, you can really go off in that space and just, you know, just go for it. I will also say that this post has 13,000 likes and 4,146 comments. Do you think Matt Barnes reads the comments? I mean, if he posted that on Instagram, probably. Do you think he reads every single one? Hello. I mean, I don't... He probably doesn't respond, but yeah, he probably reads reads them all. He reads them? I don't know. I, I, I wonder about that. I don't know. If you use social media in that way mm-hmm. you're w- reading all the comments like that That's this true. american life story about how teenage or preteen girls use instagram as a i don't know kind of like a friend hierarchy of how they know where they stand with their friends oh i didn't i haven't listened i never listened to this american life it's like one of those things that everyone thinks i probably listen to but i don't I outline the story for you, basically. But um, so What's say you and I, you and I are type bros, best friends. Okay. Yeah. So if how these young women explained it. Yeah. That okay. Say I put a photo, uh, like a selfie, mm-hmm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you only liked it but did not comment. Mm-hmm. You have now slighted me. Oh. Yes. Wow. But because we're so tight and such good bros, you should be commenting. Should be all over your Instagram. Like all yeah, up you should it. be commenting about how pretty I am. Oh. Yeah. So you like it and say, oh my gosh, Kim, you're so pretty. And then there's and like then, 18 emojis. Bah! Okay. Yeah. And then likewise, if, you know... But it's basically this cyclical thing where everyone is posting these photos and you, if you're, if you don't really know them, but you want to know them, you'll like Mm -hmm. their photo. Okay. But, but yeah, it it was this whole thing that made me terrified of young people. Well, they are terrifying, but I mean, but they love Instagram as evidenced by that girl pool show. Instagram! Like, (laughs) Instagram is, like, the thing. See, I I didn't realize that that was the the point of... I mean, you know, I have also taken a selfie or two in my day. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's more just to be like, this is what I look like. It's either either to let people know that I'm alive Mm -hmm. or because I'm like, I'm feeling myself. I look good. It's like one of Mm -hmm. those two things. Yeah. But, yeah, wow. Yeah, for teens, it's all about the social order, you know? Yeah. Well, Who's friends with who? That's true. I mean, have you ever watched that Frontline special, Generation Like? If mm-hmm. you haven't, it's excellent. That goes to everybody listening to this as well. It's one of the best things that I've ever watched on Frontline. And that's saying something because I love that show more than most things. But it's about, you know, how teens use social media now and YouTube fame and this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing. And... It's these kids will post these selfies and then freak out about like how many likes they get. Yes. Wow. So Matt Barnes, 
He's that, definitely freaking out about how many likes he's Definitely got. freaking out about 13,000 likes. I imagine, like, the thing about something like Instagram, though, is that people, I feel like there's a fair amount of people that follow you because they like you and they want to see what's up. But in the case of celebrities, I feel like there's a lot of, because I follow, I mean, I follow a fair amount of athletes for whatever reason. And there's a fair amount of, like, people who just hate follow. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, people who follow LeBron James just to make bitchy comments on his Instagram, which, to me, is the peak of wasting your time. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, Instagram comments? Who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm sure LeBron James is like, oh, no. <laughs> you know. But wipes 456 doesn't like me. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what am I going to do? LeBron hater 625 just commented that they don't like me. So I feel like, I hope that, you know, if Matt Barnes got those comments, which he inevitably did, that he just shook them off. Yeah. Stay strong, Matt Barnes. Let, let's hope for a better 2016. 2016 is a new day, Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. Just don't get any fights with anybody. Yeah. Keep I mean, he, I, I will say that he had a point. 2015 was a little bit of a dumpster fire. This, but see, this, I read a good, I read an interesting, I can't remember who, or, I, well, I, okay, full disclosure, I read a ton of, like, end of year reviews and, like, mm -hmm. what people liked in 2015 and whatever, and wrote my own 12 song review of 2015, things that did or did not come out in 2015. But I read something where someone said, you know, there was a lot of, Comments where people were like, 2015 sucked, 2015 was the worst, blah, 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 blah. But couldn't you f f really say that about every year? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the... Th I mean, some years are categorically the worst. And I can name, you know, a few of my own experiences. But on the whole, I was thinking about it and I was like, was 2015 better than 2014? Not really. Was it worse? Not really. I just feel like things are half dumpster fire, half awesome now. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I guess. Two Tupac I, Shakur. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, my point was just from a personal standpoint. I mean, yeah. not consumable media. Like, consumable media, I, I agree with you in that way. It's just in terms of music, books, whatever, it all kind of comes out in the wash every year. Yeah. Oh, I just mean I just mean as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I mean personally and media wise and everything else, because all of those things were kind of interwoven. Because I just was like, it was a stream of me reading stuff, and I was just like, yeah, years are gonna be great or bad or whatever. I mean, you know, this was the year I like finally realized my dream or whatever and moved to LA, but. It wasn't as if I was like, yes, everything's perfect now. Like, that really <laughs> didn't happen. So I, I, I guess the reason that I, I like that viewpoint is that it means I can go into 2016 being like, okay, see how this goes. Could be great. Could be a little dumpster fire going on on the side. Mm -hmm. Who could know? But I hope, I sincerely hope Matt Barnes has, you know, a better 2016. Just Instagram can't take it. <laughs> the Graham can't take the Graham, it. The Graham is not built for this. Speaking of viewpoints on 2016, my favorite quote <laughs> so far that of anything was um, someone had asked 
DeMar DeRozan, uh, what he, what his New Year's plans were, or what he did for New Year's, and uh, he said, nothing, I live a stagnant life. Oh, man. <laughs> right? You are, you are in, you are in Toronto, you're like, on a pretty, pretty good team, fairly mm-hmm. famous at this point. I live a stagnant life. I was like, I feel you. I feel you, dude. I feel like that was a lot of people's approach to New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you uh, mentioned LeBron had his 31st birthday, mm-hmm. I, I think 30, 31 is definitely when you decide that going out on New Year's Eve and getting blasted sounds not fun. You opt for the stagnant life in that case. I mean, I did. I was asleep by midnight. It was awesome. I I have tried to... I, I was thinking about it, though, and I was like, you know, going to an NBA game on New Year's Eve would be fun. I was oh, trying yeah, to think of, be like, fun. things... Because I've tried to, like, beat New Year's Eve at its own game. I had a party one year. That was fine. Last year, I didn't do anything. Mark and I just, like, stayed home and drank fancy champagne this year went to sleep by midnight. There's really like no right way to do it, but it's so there's so much societal pressure for it to be some like great night. So stupid. You know, and whatever I whenever I really think about New Year's Eve to me, it just always feels like amateur drinking hour. Well, yeah. That's yeah. Totally. The one thing someone told me, uh I can't it was somebody I worked with a while ago told me that they went to a wedding on New Year's Eve, and I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. If I ever got married, I would think about it. I would entertain the thought of New Year's Eve. That would really just... Because then you can combine amateur drinking with an open bar. Yeah. It's great. Although, ooh. And then for the rest of your life, you don't have to make plans for New Year's Eve because you're just celebrating your anniversary. That's how you, that's how you beat. No one steal that idea from me, or I'll know. <laughs> To all my friends who got engaged, don't steal yeah, my idea. I don't think I. No, I wouldn't want New Year's Eve. Okay, I, I would. Good. I would really want to hack something that I really hate, like Christmas. Oh. <laughs> that would be. Guess what, everyone? Getting married on Christmas. I hope you'll all be there. Hope. I mean, you should just get married at an NBA game on Christmas. Oh. Right. That's the way mm. to go. That's a good one. Yeah, because definitely, ugh, no. The, the idea of getting married on a national holiday or religious holiday. I mean, your family's already there, so that, you know. That, yeah, family's that, I there. Know. I, I guess if you make it in a place where you know a lot of people, mm-hmm. they're all going to be back for the holiday. So yeah. that, you know, that's good. I wonder if anyone's done that, just getting married on Christmas. You have to poll people. Yeah. I, know, I know people get really mad when people arrange their weddings for Thanksgiving weekend, which I get. That would, that would annoy me, too. Because it's already so expensive to travel for Thanksgiving, and then you have to go somewhere. You know, that's just not mm-hmm. great. Yeah, what I did end up doing on New Year's Eve, though, was uh, watch Making a Murderer. Which, oh, yeah. I, I, I've heard good things. Cultural about phenomenon. Yeah. I, I guess I need to watch it now. You have to watch it. 
Okay. I, feel, I told someone last night that I'm probably going to get sent to jail for harassing people to watch it. Even though, like, <laughs> there's no... I mean, every, not everyone, but most people I know have watched it and begun, you know, have begun talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because anything that you can binge watch like that, immediately people are like, yeah. So <laughs> no, no better way to kick off 2016 than by watching a true crime documentary series that just, it is, <sighs> I have so many thoughts and feelings about it, which I can't discuss with you at length because you haven't watched it, but... I'll get on it. I, my uh, dear friend Megan innocently texted me last night, have you watched Making a Murderer? And I just like unleashed. (laughs) I was like, here are all my thoughts and feelings on it. Like I was like, I've been reading these Reddit threads. I've been reading all these conspiracy theories. I've watched it twice through just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Like it is, it is intense. So the deal with it though is that Another friend of mine was like, I want to watch it, but I've been super stressed lately. And I was like, well, don't watch it then because it's, it's infuriating in a lot of ways. Oh, um, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's like, so this is the thing. If you go into it knowing that the system is fucked, it's much easier to take, I think. Okay. And if you don't know that already, living in, living in the world of 2015 that we just lived through... The things that happen in it are shocking and the degree to which the system fucks over the underclass is just so readily apparent. But if you if you go into that like surprised, you probably aren't personal friends with me because there's just no way. You know I'm no no Pollyanna. <laughs> did you did anyone read my thesis? <laughs> so I it's but it's just really it's, it's like the empire of true crime documentary series. Every time you think something is going to be like figured out, it's 20 more twists happen. And you're like, what? I wouldn't call it enjoyable because I don't really think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's well worth watching. It's super interesting. There are so many like char- people who, are, who in the, for the purpose of the show, are quote unquote characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they filmed it over the course of 10 years. So. Oh, wow. It started off that these two women who had been attending grad school at Columbia saw an article about when. So the, the main character or person that revolves around is this man, Stephen Avery. And uh, it takes place in Manitowoc County, Wisconsin. And he was released. This isn't a spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched it. This is common knowledge. He was wrongfully accused and then convicted of rape and imprisoned for 18 years and exonerated after 18 years and freed. And so they saw 10 years ago when he was uh, exonerated and they were like, oh, let's, you know, go cover this, see what the story is, blah, blah, blah. And all of this stuff happens subsequently and it's just crazy. But, yeah, the Reddit threads, they're deep. (laughs) I'm not a usual Reddit visitor, but, Mm -hmm. man, yesterday I was like, let's just take a deep dive in and see what happens. Three hours later, dig myself out of the hole. But, yeah, you have to watch it. Everyone has to watch it. That's my assignment to everyone. Okay, I'll report back. 
yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I love true crime and have for a long time. So it, it, I don't think it surprises anyone that I was like, yes, this is for me. But just the turns that it takes and everything else is fascinating. So well recommended. Do it. <laughs> basketball party recommended. Yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing to do with basketball. So there's that. It's kind of been, you know, this time of year, post-Christmas pre-All-Star game, it's kind of a kind of a dead zone. Yeah. You know. It, it's you're you're basically just reading the injury report. Yeah, that's that's a good call. I saw well, everyone knows. Everyone's golden boy, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Injured. Sucks. I did see in that piece of New Year's resolutions that you sent about from the from NBA.com. Mm-hmm. Where, did you see the one for Steph Curry? Yeah. Don't change a thing. Okay. <laughs> I have one thing that he could change, but I'm not going to mention it because I feel like I've really the mouth guard thing. Yeah, just going to let it. Just going to just going to let that go for now. Yeah. Um, you know what I hate, and I saw, and I feel like I feel like uh, there was a little. How would I put this? I was distracted by one thing, so I didn't pay attention to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is that those t-shirt jerseys are really horrible. I feel like the Christmas jerseys were held up and they were like, look at this. But then Mm -hmm. meanwhile, all those horrible looking t-shirt jerseys were created. I saw the Warriors ones and I was like, these are gross. Then I saw the Cavs ones and I was like, ugh, why? (laughs) They're so bad. Yeah, I agree. They're like, this is the, this is the thing I believe about jerseys. They don't always have to be bad, even if they're in a t-shirt format. It can be, I mean, I've been watching soccer all of my life. They pull it off somehow. But I'm telling you, the t-shirt jerseys for the NBA are just like garbage. Yeah, they, they, they just kind of, it's, it's weird because they're either like stuck on Mm -hmm. or I don't know, it looks like baby in a nightgown. Yeah. Yeah, they don't fit right. It's it's not it's yeah, it you're right. It's either like a soccer jersey from 1994 where it looks like a boat sail or it's a soccer jersey from the 20, 2014 World Cup where it looks like, you know, like they're airbrushed on. Yeah, they look airbrushed. You can see everyone's nipples for 20 miles away. So I just feel like the NBA really distracted us with those Christmas jerseys because we were like, oh yeah, these look good. These look great. And then they rolled out all these garbage t-shirt jerseys and I was like, oh no. Why? Why? It can be done. It can be done. They can be designed to look not like garbage, but somehow the Cleveland ones with those that like big C in the middle. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. I feel like they're supposed to look edgy, but they just look like garbage. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> You know, I think it's so difficult to experiment with jerseys. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and I say that because they just keep coming up with really bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if we're ever in, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to abandon the t-shirt jersey now that it has been introduced into the world. I don't know. 
but what I can say is that they're horrible. I don't know any. I I don't know anyone who likes them or would defend them. And really, who are they for? I don't. Well, I, the players, I guess, but they don't. I you know they don't look good. I don't know. I'd be curious to see like what players think about those jerseys. I I yeah. read an in depth report on the Players Tribune about those jerseys. Or, or just jerseys in general, because I, I'm sure that everyone has their own personal jersey preference. But with basketball being a team sport, you just can't, you know, have a squad of people wearing T-shirt jerseys versus the regular open arm ones. Well, yeah, this isn't a pickup game, like, you know, so yeah. at, the, at, the, at the park. So you can't be just doing whatever you feel. But, yeah, I'm curious, like, do people, maybe, maybe those shirt jerseys are great. I don't know. I'm not, not a professional. But what I do know is that as a designer, when I look at them, I hate them. So I don't know. I just wonder, I mean. You should pitch a jersey. I should pitch a jersey? Yeah. Design a jersey. My Cavs jersey. Yeah. Hey, guys. I just made this up in my apartment. <laughs> Do you think it's cool? Yes or no? I'll post it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. See if I can get any teens to like it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's funny because I think about it and I'm like, you know, I have, I've had many, many conversations with my friend Derek about soccer kits. And I just wonder if we're going to keep going down this road of, you know, the alternate jersey, the, you know, all of that stuff. Maybe these are the growing pains, and eventually it's going to even out and things are going to be better. But, Mm -hmm. man, I'm not seeing anything lately that I'm like, ooh, that looks good. I feel like we finally crossed a bridge with the Christmas jerseys, though. Yeah, I mean, because they aren't usually the epitome of what's annoying. Sometimes, well, we've been there, but I feel like we've, we've... gotten past that time um i did watch the games on christmas they looked good i didn't Mm -hmm. see any that i was like oh no you know i thought overall looked good on camera everything else but yeah then i feel like that i feel like right behind them were the t-shirts and i was like oh no (laughs) they're everywhere every photo that i've looked at every game i've watched it's just like t-shirts 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 not feeling it that aside i'll get over it i guess Uh, What if they did the t-shirts, but then brought back the really short shorts? I feel like a lot of people would be uncomfortable with that. (laughs) I can't, just the thought, I mean, short shorts prevailed for a long time, long Mm -hmm. time. I cannot imagine anyone today putting on short shorts. Just think about it. LeBron James, short shorts. Kevin Durant, short shorts. I mean... They should do a short, short game during All-Star. Short, short night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, during the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I can't say I wouldn't be entertained by it. Yeah, if you did a retro, like a true, instead of like just throwback night where they just use the old jersey, if you Mm -hmm. did a true throwback where you just went for it with the socks. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I, I would want a full-on throwback night. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that would be entertaining. Short shorts. 
Woo! Yeah. Mm. All right. Come on, Silver. Throw back. <laughs> give us, give us what we want. Give the people what they want. If that's what that's what you're really gonna vote for for All Star Short Shorts game. Short. I want the shorty shorts game. I want to see everyone's mid thigh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't really know who that game is for. I guess just you and I. Other. I mean, I, no, because it's not even like some kind of. It's not even like attractive. You're not even like. Ooh, no, no, at not at all. But I mean, because there is always so much humor that is infused with. A lot of NBA ads. I, I will say State Farm, number one, we're still looking for a sponsor. Number two, this new uh, State Farm campaign. Dude, the one with Kevin Garnett in it as a grandpa? Yes, yes. I don't know about this one. I mean... I think it's hilarious. It's way better than Cliff Paul. Wow. Wow. I like that Chris Paul's wormed his way back in with State Farm, though. Steph yeah. Curry must be busy. I mean, uh, but I, I have to say that the whole, if I were going to rank the the humor mm-hmm. of NBA uh, marketing campaigns, mm-hmm. I, I, before this, what, what, oh, I, the Hoopers? Yeah, the Hoopers. Yeah. yeah. State Farm. I would say that the Blake Griffin Kia joints, mm-hmm. those are pretty good and mm-hmm. funny. I like this. Is, we're going to go way back to, oh man, I guess 2009 finals. Mm-hmm. The, the puppet, the LeBron and Kobe puppets. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, remember those that? Were pretty good. And then they had to change it because it, it didn't end up being Cavs, Lakers in the finals. It ended up being Lakers Magic. And so they and that they had that one of LeBron James like pumping iron and it referred to like them going to finals next year. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I would put those those up there. Those were funny. And they had that annoying cousin puppet, remember? Mm-hmm. I I thought you were gonna rank just the state farm ones alone because I feel like there's a clear hierarchy in terms Oh, of- I mean, there definitely is. I, I'm just I, I'm over the I think they've been beating a dead horse with the Cliff Paul, Chris Paul, and then they just kept doing it to more players. And over time, it's just, uh, it's too much. That trope wasn't working for you anymore? No, no. I mean, it, it, you know, you can't, it was too much. Okay. It, It overstayed its welcome. So at least this whole alternate reality sitcom thing mm-hmm. you're getting more people involved mm-hmm. you know and uh, and and they're they're not you know necessarily agents themselves which i think is uh, again a hard sell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure chris paul understands his car insurance but i don't know that i'd want him to i i don't know that i would trust Chris Paul to help me choose what car insurance is right for me. Really? I would trust him to do that. I think Chris Paul has a good head on his shoulders. I trust his judgment. I, I don't know if I would trust De- DeAndre Jordan to help me pick my policy. That seems a little... Yeah. I don't know about that. 
but I would trust I would trust Chris Paul. He's a trustworthy guy. Yeah, I I I guess I'm just saying I trust him more than I trust Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just saying that uh, I don't know that they've all personally chosen their car insurance themselves. I'm sure someone helps them. Mm-hmm. Like a state farm, like a legit state farm agent, you mean? Yeah, like, you know, but who, but who can say? I mean, it was a or good... some kind of money manager. It was a good Christmas ad. I was excited to yeah, see something different, Yeah, and the ongoing ones have been funnier and funnier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's one of the things that was tough about the Cliff Paul things, where it's... And then they brought little Chris in. Little Chris is the best. Well, I'm not saying negative things about little Chris. <laughs> yeah, don't shit talk that child, please. No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's just, you know, they they took it too far for you. You'd had enough. Yeah, it's just okay, now little where can Chris we, is like Where can we go from here? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, clearly they'll recycle something else into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another ad that I was going to bring up and now I can't remember what I was going to tell you. Lil Chris, he's mm-hmm. out there. I follow him on Instagram. He's a child. That's oh, weird. yeah. I, I also do. Yeah, I follow Chris Paul, too. But that's because he has the most beautiful eyes in the NBA. Oh, I know what we we're going to talk about. Your friend, Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> Finally getting popped. Finally getting popped in Detroit. Yep, never lose that intensity. I was... I, I read about that game, and I thought for a second that it was going to be Malice at the Palace 2, but then it was at Bankers. Yeah. I was, I was disappointed. But, yeah, Stan Van Gundy, way to go. Getting ejected. Yeah. I'm uh, always very conflicted during... Pistons Pacers? Pist- yeah. Yeah. What do you... How do you choose? I just watch. I feel like when it comes down to it, though... You would, if someone really was like, you need to choose, I feel like you would go Hoosiers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, you know. It's in your blood. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Indiana. I didn't grow up in Detroit. Jimmy Chitwood. Mm-hmm. All towns. So, I think, yeah, that's, it's a tough one. I get it. I did not feel any, anything like <laughs> that during Nets Cavs. That's. Can you, what if I, what, let's imagine like an alternate reality where I'd, I had moved to New York and just fully embraced the Nets. What if I just like, it's like, you know what, forget, forget the Cavs, forget it. And I just fully was like, you know, my team, my team is the Nets. What a different life I would be living right now. Yeah, I mean, you'd be sad about Jarrett Jack right now. Oh yeah, that, that is unfortunate. But I feel like I would be sad about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. That promise, those promises of championships just withering before my eyes. But, yeah, I can't even imagine. But that it sounds funny to me when I think about it. Just became big Nets fan. Are there any Nets fans left? Like, real Nets fans? Are they out there? Mm, I, I don't know. If you're there's got to be. Fan. I mean, there's got to be. If you're a Nets fan and uh, you were there from the beginning. <laughs> fan since day one. Brooklyn Nets. I was there. 
Me and friend of the pod, Jane Bruce. We were there. Yeah, I don't know. I, As a person who has gone through many dark times as a fan of the Cavs, I, I often wonder about franchises like that where, you know, New York, there's so much other stuff going on that you don't, it's not like your lifeblood to watch professional sports, you know. I was in Cleveland over, you know, over the holidays, and even though the Browns are total garbage, people are still watching mm-hmm. the Browns every weekend, always. They lost to the Steelers today. I'm sure everybody watched it. So <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I, I wonder with a team like the Nets where, A, they're new, quote-unquote. B, you're in a city where there's 4,000 things to do all the time. Like, do people stick around? Or are you just like, do you become like a casual Nets fan? Or are you basically just hanging out until they get really good and then you're like, oh, I love them. You know, like all the Warriors fans that I know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Warriors <coughs> fans. I know there's real Warriors fans out there. My brother. Yeah. Speaking of... Uh beleaguered teams in New York. Mm-hmm. The Zen Master, mm-hmm. I don't know, has been tied in terms of uh, most wins. Mm-hmm. So By who? George Carl. Oh. Hey, George. Yep. So he got his 1,155th win. Mm-hmm. Magic ten fifty five, that magic number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so then, yeah. so then, Phil's going to be surpassed then, though. Yes, most likely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I imagine George Carl's going to win another game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Knicks. Who knows what they're doing? I don't. <laughs> Couldn't even begin to know. Uh, did you watch Christmas games or no? I did. Yeah. I did. Um, I. I stopped after Cleveland and Golden State, though. Mm. Yeah, not as much Kobe, uh, Kobe mini drama as I expected, but I also did not watch Lakers Clippers. I don't know <laughs> if anyone did. <laughs> the uh, the last two matchups were not exactly must watch for me. So, yeah, yeah, <sighs> tough, yeah. tough one. Yeah, not as much, uh, although, you know, I did see Chris Bosh in a Santa hat in a hospital with a kit. So there, everything that I expected <laughs> was there. Yeah. That happened. But, uh, yeah, not as much Kobe, not as much Kobe fanfare. Although I did, I did read that, I guess, when they played the Celtics the other day, there was, you know, some, like, fan whatever about Kobe being there. Yeah. So. And on the... Uh local old school hip-hop station they're running a contest where you answer trivia questions about kobe and you win stuff are you trying to win what do you win i don't know that i paid attention to that jingle close enough oh that seems like a really weird weird promotion in oh, Louisville, oh kentucky yeah um no it, it would be to win tickets to see kobe play so like see the pacers play the lakers I, I don't know. I mean, oh. it's regional to Louisville, so I don't know how big the market is oh. for this particular radio station. Mm. I don't know. You could win. I mean, I could. 
do your get your get your research done on what's up with Kobe. Yeah, but I also thought it was a really weird promotion because it's like, do you like basketball? I guess I was mostly just annoyed by the jingle because um, it didn't have any of the catchiness mm-hmm. of any of like the personal injury lawyer. Jingles <laughs> that like you get on a lot of rap and R and B stations. Yeah, yeah. Or the ones I would that, just the love ones that my dad loves. The one that my dad loves about bottle service. Yeah. <laughs> tops and bottoms in Cleveland. I don't know if tops and bottoms is still open, but yeah, yeah. It's always like, come out for sweetest day, ladies free before eleven. Uh, whatever the the dress code is always like grown and sexy or whatever. Yeah, those are great. <laughs> Those are really, that's like half the reason to listen to Z1079 in Cleveland are those commercials. Yeah. And I mean, um, the, the personal injury lawyers in Metro Detroit, they've got some great, I, I thought I was legitimately listening to a song and then it's like, wait, <laughs> wait. Oh yeah. Car, are they telling me to call a lawyer? Car dealerships do a good job of that in Cleveland too. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's some really good ones. Some, some that I've been tricked by. What was I going to ask you? There was something about... Uh... Oh, yeah, but your favorite jingle... It's not even a jingle, I guess. <laughs> your historic favorite ad, though, is for uh, the Palace at Auburn Hills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ad that made you army crawl on your floor out of yeah. fear. I, yeah, I was... Uh, you know, the, the bucket drummers. Mm-hmm. Just very loud drumming. Uh, occurred in this jingle and it was a uh, an advertisement for the Pistons and I had fallen asleep on my couch with uh, the TV on like you know like you a mid 20 something does and I'm still doing it now I'm yeah <laughs> old habits die hard I, um, I feel like that's just a ha- it's not even that's like a lifetime habit yeah <laughs> Uh, just once, once if you're that type of person, you're going to do that forever. Yeah. There's not a point in your life where you're going to be like, you know what I'm going to do? Get in bed. Not, it's just a thing. But anyway, <laughs> regardless of my yeah, hobbies. Yeah, so, you know, the lull of the local news had put me to sleep. And then the Palace commercial was like three times as loud as the <laughs> regular news program I heard the bucket drummers, and then I immediately rolled over onto my belly and was crawling because I guess in my sleep the bucket drummer sounded like gunfire. The Palace at Auburn Hills. The Palace of Auburn Hills. Because <laughs> that's how it always ends. Oh, so scary. Yeah. Very scary. Um. <laughs> I live to tell. <laughs> Made it through that commercial many yeah. years ago. To be yeah. able to speak to this now. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, nothing has anything on uh, Mozgov, but... No. No. What What? What can you do? I hope um, he, he keeps going and does more ads. Yeah, I know. There isn't a new one. Although I wouldn't... I mean, it just hasn't... It either... They're either rerunning that one, which is what I imagine is happening, or, you know, there just isn't... He he only his loyalty is to that place, so that's it. <laughs> the beer garden. That's it. Why go anywhere else? <laughs> yeah, that's about all I got for this week's uh, party. I live a stagnant life. 
So <laughs> as do I. 2016. I live yeah, a stagnant so, life. I mean, I guess let's live this stagnant life to uh, all star and then all star. Yeah. And then we then can really ramp up. Woo! Yeah, get your votes in. Mm-hmm. Get your votes in. I gotta start yeah. voting. Have you voted yet? I still haven't voted. Nope, I haven't voted yet. I'm. I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote right now. I gotta vote. Get out there. Your get out there. Your voice counts. Yeah. We should start staging a campaign like 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 P Diddy's "Vote or Die" but for All Star. <laughs> yeah, it would be like we know you're gonna vote for Kobe. Rock the vote. Rock the vote. NBA All Star. Yeah, that's our new campaign. That's our new life. That's what we're doing now. Okay. Well. Let's plan it out for next week. Start working on your campaign materials. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta gotta come up with some like fifteen second jingles we're for stumping, the locals. We're stumping for candidates. We are out in the streets <laughs> driving voter traffic. Ma'am, ma'am. Are, can you vote? Excuse me, do you have a second? Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Campaign for All-Star. Get out there. Get out the vote. Yeah. We need you. We need you. Yeah. Great. I look forward to this this new venture. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week for another basketball party. Sounds good, dude. I'll talk to you then. Bye, dude. Happy Bye. LeBron James.